This is the next best thing. Don't go. In 2015, 33,215 people in America were killed by guns. That averages at 91 a day. And of that daily tally, seven on average are children or teens. Very few of them make the news. I can't believe what kind of person shoots a nine-year-old boy in the face. I decided to pick a day at random and find all the youngsters who'd been shot dead in a single 24-hour period. The day I chose was November the 23rd, 2013. On that particular day, 10 children and teenagers were killed by gunfire. Black, white and Latino, they fell at sleepovers, in stairwells, on street corners and even on their own doorsteps. The youngest was nine, the oldest was 19. Each one had their own story to tell. There was nine-year-old Jaden Dixon, who died in a quiet suburb of Grove City, Ohio, when he opened the door and his mother's ex-partner shot him square in the head. You could hear his mom inside screaming, that's my baby, that's my baby. It's one of the worst things I've ever been through. Tyler Dunn, who was shot dead at a sleepover in rural Michigan, after his friend's dad left the boys alone for the evening with several loaded guns. Tyler was 11. And there was Justin Hinnant, aged 18, who didn't realise he had a marked man in the back of his car when a stray bullet caught him in the back of the head. This is not a story about gun control. But it is a story about what happens when you don't have gun control. Because in no other Western country would these stories be possible. Far from being considered newsworthy, these shootings are simply a banal fact of death. The white noise set sufficiently low that America can go about its daily business undisturbed. This was just another day. If I'd picked a different day, I would have covered different children. Most Americans aren't aware of it. Most Americans don't even see it. But the truth is, this gun violence is happening to children every day. And just so you know, it's funny. People ask me quite often, you know, why do you care so much about why do you care so much about guns? Like, have you been shot? Who do you know who's been shot? Like, what's what's your story here? And to that I say, frankly, you don't have to have cancer to feel empathy, sympathy, to feel for someone who does, number one. Number two, look, no, I've never been shot. And no, none of my immediate family members have ever been shot. However, I do know what it's like to lose somebody very close to me at the drop of a hat. 
Now, in my case, you know, I'm talking about my father, and in my case, it was to a heart attack, but it was truly at the drop of a hat, and I mean at the drop of a hat, no warning signs, here one minute, sitting on the couch, watching a documentary, getting ready to go to my basketball game, and bam, disaster strikes, and gone the next. And let me tell you, you never recover from that. It is, it is the worst thing that could ever happen to you, but... I have to say, I get, you know, when I think about that situation, I kind of sometimes get mad that, you know, my dad didn't have more checkups, that my, you know, that this or that didn't happen to prevent that from happening. Because like I said, it's a terrible, awful thing to happen to someone, something you never recover from. If that had happened because we were driving to my basketball game, and we just happened to get in the line of fire by some drive-by, and my dad died at the hands of a gun, I don't know that I could suppress the rage I might feel. Truly. I mean, I truly, I just can't imagine. Now, I will say this, because, again, it is so prevalent in our country that it will affect you in some way or another before long, I promise you. It's just inevitable. And you know what? On this night, I can tell you, no, I still haven't had a close family member, a close family member or friend, nor have I been shot. But if you will recall, uh, two years ago, there was a shooting at a Jewish community center and Jewish nursing home in Kansas City. My grandma lived at that nursing home, and my it just so happens that my sister, mom, and little nephew were driving out there to visit her when the shooting occurred. Now, luckily, my grandma was not hurt. And luckily, the shooting took place a few minutes before my other family members arrived, so they weren't in any immediate danger. But that was, what if they had been just arriving? You know, the woman who got shot and murdered at the, um, in fact, all the people who died that day were people who were either leaving the community center or nursing home. They had just been there visiting a family member or just participating in some community event. They were going home. That easily could have been my sister, my mom, my little baby nephew. And, you know, it's going to happen. That's my point, is that with so much gun violence and so many guns, there are more guns in America now owned by civilians than there are civilians. I mean, it's it's just mind-boggling. And the reason people don't know about this is because they don't want to know. Again, People are afraid of conflict, they shy away from confrontation, and they just don't want to know. But the truth of the matter is, when it comes to arguing, most gun advocates, well, they just aren't very good at it. Let me put it that way, to be kind. No, but really, on the serious, this issue, the whole guns in America thing, is something that I have debated a whole lot, especially within the past two years or so. I've debated it with a wide variety of people, a huge range in terms of different ages, different education levels. And you know, it's really interesting. This is one of those topics where no matter where you stand on the issue, whether you're more on the pro-gun side or if you're staunchly against guns, I can honestly say that no two people agree 100%, at least not in my experience. And that is not the only thing I've come to learn. Oh no, not at all. If there's anything my various discussions, debates, research has taught me, it is this. 
Anyone on the pro-gun side, whether they're six years old and don't know what the hell they're talking about, or they're the leader of the NRA and don't know what the hell they're talking about, they all seem to have five, maybe six talking points that they use every single time. It's really quite remarkable how consistent it is. I've never once met a single person who was pro-gun who brought a new idea to the table. It's always the same arguments. And I've got to tell you folks, no matter how many times I hear them, they never sound any less ludicrous and insane. And it's kind of, I'm kind of at a weird point because for the longest time and still to this day, it will make me mad to hear them brought up because they're so insane. And these people from the NRA, from organizations like Americans for the Second Amendment, they use these arguments that are completely fallacious and unsound and nuts. And they, use, they try and use them for real justification to put more guns in the hands of Americans. I mean, a very serious issue, and yet they're using arguments that a six six-year-old could have come up with. They don't make any sense. And you don't just have to take my word for it, folks. I'm going to take you through each and every one of them. Not only am I going to do that, but I'll even do one better. I hope you're sitting down, folks, because you're in for a real treat. Today we are going to hear all of the common arguments the pro-gun people usually bring up. By usually, I mean always. And we're going to hear them straight from the source, straight from the top. We're going to hear from men like Larry Pratt. Larry Pratt is the executive director of Gun Owners of America. He's also a former member of the Virginia House of Delegates. We'll hear from Dave Workman, the director of communications at the Second Amendment Foundation. And then we'll also hear from regular Joes like you and me. So real folks, real Americans and the leaders of this pro-gun movement. We're going to hear what they have to say and my responses. Once and for all, let's just put it out there on the table. Now, I want to reiterate that if you hear at any point me say something or one of the pro-gun advocates say something that you personally would like to respond to, by all means do it. I We would love to hear from you. You can call in at 718-928-9732, tweet at us, at NextBestRadio, right on our Facebook wall, facebook.com slash nbtradio, you know all that. Okay? Enough with the delays, let's get this party started. All right, the first person we are going to hear from is Mr. Larry Pratt. Again, Mr. Larry Pratt is the executive director of Gun Owners of America, a U.S.-based firearms lobbying group. In a recent CNN interview with Piers Morgan, Mr. Pratt brought up one point over and over again, and it's a point that all gun advocates tend to really try and ingrain in the minds of the world, and that is this. The fact of the matter is, with guns comes safety if the guns are in the hands of the good guys. And when you say the good guys can't have guns, the bad guys have a monopoly and horrible things such as the shooting at the schools take place. What he means by this is that guns should be readily available everywhere. Or perhaps rather that 
everyone should be armed virtually at all times. You never know when a mass shooting may occur, and if it does, you want to be ready. You want to be able to pull out your gun so that you can shoot that son of a bitch before he shoots you. Okay, with this mentality, considering the most recent shooting did take place at an elementary school, Mr. Pratt went on to say that the teachers, yes, that's right, those kindergarten and first grade teachers should have been packing heat, they should have been locked and loaded so that they could have taken this son of a bitch out. When asked about it, here's what he said. Where would the teachers put the guns? Uh, People can carry firearms in a concealed fashion, do it all the time. The well, laws wait, a minute, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So in a school full of 600 children, including five and six-year-olds, you would have teachers walking around armed, carrying the guns on them. People are walking around with guns outside of schools uh, all over our country, and we don't have those kinds of problems. Sorry, Mr. Pratt, but that is incorrect. To imply that we only have these kinds of problems in schools is really pretty ridiculous. These shootings happen all over the place. This year alone, there was a mass shooting in a movie theater, in a Sikh temple, in a Walmart parking lot, and in all sorts of street alleys and whatever. Most of them don't actually occur in schools, and so we do indeed have these problems outside of schools. Now, that aside... I don't know what it was like where you guys went to school, but when I was in first grade, kindergarten, any of those elementary school years, I had great teachers. They were wonderful and they really impacted my life. One thing they were not, however, were trained marksmen. Maybe I went to a weird school, but their specialties tended to be reading, writing, math, science, and the development of young kids. If a shooter had ever come into the building and opened fire... I can guarantee you I would have much rather have had my teachers leading us to safety and keeping things under control and keeping us calm than going to grab their gun, getting it set up, taking aim, and trying to shoot this guy. Chances are, if they had done that, we would have been left with no leader, and good God, I don't even want to think about what would have happened. Also, last point I'll make here, anyone who read the news about the shooting in the movie theater in Aurora last summer should know that the theater was dark, the shooter, he let off a tear gas canister, and he was armored to the teeth. He had all sorts of bulletproof vests and body armor on. Not only would it have been virtually impossible to get a shot off on him, but it would have done no good whatsoever. So, really, when you get right down to it, this argument... Completely insane. Okay, so moving right along here. It came as no surprise to me that the second genius point Mr. Pratt had to make was really pretty much just the same as the first. Why do you believe, given that you have 300 million guns in circulation and the worst gun crime rate of any of the civilized countries of the world, that more guns is the answer to less gun murder? Because the problem occurs, sir, in those areas precisely where we have said no guns. The problem doesn't occur where the guns are allowed freely to be carried, to be used by people. There we have very low murder rates. Sorry, Mr. Pratt, but once again, you're full of crap. Just the opposite of what you said is true. For example, Arizona and Alaska are two of the states with the most lenient gun laws in the entire country. 
Coincidentally, they also have the highest gun homicide rate. Isn't that weird? According to data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, states with little or no gun laws see nine times as much gun crime as the states with strong gun laws. Let me repeat that. States with little or no gun control laws see nine times as much gun crime as the states with strong gun laws. Nine times as much gun crime as the states with strong gun laws. Now, this is based on research from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Notice how Mr. Pratt did not cite any studies or research. He just pulled that statistic right out of his butt. Oh, God. Moving right along. All right, what other insights did Mr. Pratt have for our friend Piers Morgan? The President of the United States has indicated he wants to uh, ban assault weapons. What is your view? I think we need to ban gun control laws that keep people from being able to protect themselves. The, the problem is not going to go away if we ban this or that gun. We've tried that. That doesn't work. doesn't even work in England. You've had mass murders there. All over Europe there have been mass murders. Uh, what? We've never actually banned guns in America. Never have, likely never will. There was an assault weapons ban in place from 1994 to 2004, during which time there was a significant drop in gun violence. But, sadly, that expired, and once again, the gun crime rate has shot up. Now, if I may, Mr. Pratt, let me give you just a little tiny piece of advice. You mentioned Europe. You mentioned mass murders in Europe and other countries. Might I suggest you leave other countries out of this? Don't get me wrong. Yes, other nations have indeed experienced tragedies and the occasional massacre. However, no other nation has seen as many mass shootings and tragedies in their entire histories as we have in America in the past 12 months. And I'm not exaggerating. You see, friends... If you take the number of people killed annually by guns in Germany, France, Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, and Japan, and add them all together, you get about 973. Yes, that's right, 973 gun homicides in six countries combined. In America, we see over 12,000. We see... Twelve times that many gun murders. We are one country, they are six countries. Yes, they've each had a tragedy or a massacre occasionally from time to time. But we see them numerous times a year. So in conclusion, Mr. Pratt, you might want to leave other countries out of this, you dumbass liar. What else would you like to say? America is not the, the Wild West that you are depicting. We only have the problem in our cities and, and, and unhappily in our schools where people like you have been able to get laws put on the books that keep people from being able to defend themselves. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. The Second Amendment means what it says, and meanwhile, you want to continue laws against self-defense, laws that prohibit self-defense, laws that prohibit teachers and other faculty, other members of the administration and schools from being able to defend themselves if they have a concealed carry permit. The laws prohibit them right now. 
What? That's ridiculous. Okay, now let's just stop and hold the phone for a second here. Up until now, Mr. Pratt has just been spitting out stupid, nonsensical lies that are not true and really don't even make a whole lot of sense. And that's one thing. That's fine. If anything, it just makes him look stupid. But now he's doing something else. He's doing something that, again, a lot of pro-gun, gun-loving people like to do. And that is to ultimately change the subject, to skirt the issue, to pretty much try and distract everybody from what's really being discussed here. No one is against self-defense. No one has mentioned self-defense. Personally, and this may come as a surprise to some people, but I, for as much as I hate guns, I am a person who believes that if somebody attacks you, if somebody puts their hands on you, if somebody tries to harm you or someone you love, well, then I think the only thing to do in that situation, the right thing to do, is to simply beat the shit out of them. I'm not kidding, folks. I am all for self-defense. I'm also all for making sure that thugs out there who think it's okay to steal or harm other people learn their lesson. Learn their lesson so they never forget it. And frankly, I don't think all lessons can be learned through the power of words. So if someone attacks you, if someone attacks someone you love, I say you wipe the floor with their ass. I hope I've made that point clear. If not, here it is again. I'm not against self-defense. I'm a huge self-defense advocate. That having been said, I think the mentality that the pro-gun group is bringing to this debate is disconcerting, scary, and frankly mentally unstable. Clearly, they think that without guns, without semi-automatic weapons apparently, one is automatically rendered helpless and defenseless. What a horrible mentality to bring to the table. The idea that the only way to deal with this problem, the only way to defend yourself, is for everyone to have a gun. That it's kill or be killed here in America. That's insane. And it's no wonder they clearly live their lives in fear and feel the need to carry a gun at all times. I have news for the gun advocates. There are other ways to defend yourself. Lots of them. First, you could go back to the basics, learn some self-defense, take some karate, some taekwondo. For the love of God, learn to box. Okay, but God knows that's not good enough for them, so they want weapons. All right, here are some weapons you could use. I know we've all heard of mace, I know we've all heard of pepper spray, and I know that the gun advocates will immediately start laughing and making stupid-ass jokes. Jokes about how pepper sprays for the women, my God, what a little pussy. <laughs> Whatever, say what you will. But guess what? There's a new device out there. It's an upgraded version of Mace, if you will. It's called the Avert IM-5. It's a pistol-like device, and it can actually launch up to five Mace-filled projectiles at attackers up to 50 feet away. Oh, and it hits them hard, folks. And what it does is it causes the assailant's nose, throat, and eyes to burn like a mofo. And, most notably, it doesn't kill them. Doesn't kill them, but sometimes I bet they wish it did. Okay, moving right along, there's also various types of tranquilizer guns. Now, my favorite, my weapon of choice, is not either one of those. I choose the Taser X-12 Stun Gun. I know most of you probably know what stun guns are, those tasers. 
Well, think of that times 100. This gun, and yes, it is a gun, is it, it can penetrate clothing and transmit electrical impulses, which, by the way, paralyze your assailant, up to 90 feet away. And you should look this baby up, Taser X-12 Stun Gun. It's a pistol, baby. What it does, though, is it shoots not bullets, but actual wireless projectiles, wireless stun gun stuff that paralyze your assailant immediately. Paralyzes them, doesn't kill them. And last but not least, you could always go carry, go buy some nunchucks or something. My point is this. I'm not against self-defense. I'm all for self-defense. To say that right now we are advocating laws that make self-defense illegal is wrong, stupid, misleading, and totally an indicator that you have no idea what's going on, or probably what day it is. I'm against murder. I'm against taking someone else's life. Period. In this most recent school shooting, 20 5- and 6-year-olds had their lives taken from them, as well as some adults. But you know what? It's not, it's not just these mass shootings. Murders happen every day. Sometimes they're accidents. Sometimes they're, you know, spur of the moment, you know, moments of passion and rage. It really runs this whole gamut, folks. And if you don't believe me, check out my blog. Unintentionally, it's kind of turned into a gun reporting blog. LearnerReports.tumblr.com Every day, I'm posting a new news story about something going, some, someone being shot and killed. It's unbelievable. That's what I'm against. So let's get that perfectly clear. I think that's what we're all against on this gun control side. Okay, great. Now, if you don't mind, I want to refer back to the very first thing that Mr. Pratt said at this last statement we played. What was it again? The Second Amendment means what it says. Oh, yes, the Second Amendment. I'm so glad you brought that up, Mr. Pratt. Why? Because I'll tell you. Here's the thing. I can't help but think that the majority of these people I see on television and on the Internet raising their voices in in support of the Second Amendment, talking about how they have the right to bear arms and who seem to believe that the right to bear arms and the Second Amendment are absolutely the most important rights of all. Screw freedom of speech. Screw everything else. As long as they can carry a gun, they're good to go. All right, fine. That's If that's what you believe, more power to you. My question, however, has... I've always wanted to ask a pro-gun person this. Please recite the Second Amendment to me. Okay, if you don't recite it word for word, fine. I'm not going to be a pretentious asshole. But do, please tell me what the Second Amendment says. Mr. Pratt, you've done a lot of talking. Let's talk to someone else. Oh, look who it is. Ted Nugent. Undoubtedly, one of the most outspoken, loud, obnoxious pro-gun folks I've ever seen. He's been on Piers Morgan's show a time or two. Made me want to throw up. But anywho, enough about that. Mr. Ted Nugent, please enlighten us all. What does the Second Amendment say? What I want is the Second Amendment. Yes, I understand that. Very good, very good, Ted. Now, what does the Second Amendment say? We the people free individuals to have the right to keep and bear arms for self-defense. Yeah, see, that's kind of always what I thought would be the case. That is not what the Second Amendment says, Mr. Nugent. The Second Amendment says, and I quote, 
A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Please note, very important, please note, that the term self-defense is not in there, nowhere. Self-defense never mentioned, very important. Please also note that it starts out with a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. Let me translate that. It's saying that an army-like organization, which is necessary to fight for our nation, our states, our lands, needs weapons. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that, because, frankly, the interpretation of this amendment can go anywhere and everywhere, and it always does. But one thing that cannot be denied is the fact that self-defense never makes an appearance, and Ted Nugent just proved what I've always thought. A lot of these people who love guns and cling to the Second Amendment don't really know what it says. And the proof is in the pudding, 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 the proof is in the pudding. For God's sake, shut up! Very well. Okay, well, I think we've heard just about all we need to from Mr. Pratt. As I said before, the guy just makes the same stupid, patently false argument over and over again. But before we do move on and hear from some of our other gun-loving friends... Mr. Pratt, is there anything you'd like to say, a, a closing statement, a final argument, if you will? I honestly don't understand why you would rather have people be victims of a crime than be able to defend themselves. It's incomprehensible. I'm sorry, am I drunk, or did I not just explain how I'm not against self-defense? Maybe, maybe I'm just, am I, is this even real? Am I even here? You're speaking oblivious to what we do know is that when you go to an area in the United States where guns are, are freely available, readily able to be carried legally, there you find our lowest murder rates, lower than the murder rates in Europe. Wrong. You go to our cities where we have cracked down on guns and people can't defend themselves and that's where the criminals murder. All right. Well, clearly, Mr. Pratt here lives in some kind of fantasy world. Uh, maybe he needs to go in and get a CAT scan. I would look into that. But, but don't take my word for it. I'm not a doctor. The point I'm trying to make is this. Everything he has said about guns and about these statistics have been pulled directly from his ass. He has no, I mean, clearly, he either has no idea what he's talking about or he is just a blatant liar. Either way, I don't think I want him impacting our policymakers. So, thank you, Mr. Pratt. Good luck to you, and we're gonna move on. Moving right along. The next guy we're gonna talk to is Dave Workman. As I said before, Dave is the Director of Communications at the Second Amendment Foundation. Ms. Workman, thank you very much for being here today. Well, thanks very much for having me. Well, I'm particularly glad to have you um, because, just like Mr. Pratt, you are a leader of one of these pro-gun lobby organizations, the Second Amendment Foundation, and if there's anyone I can turn to who can hopefully provide me some answers, it would be you. So, so first off, why don't you tell us what you do as the Director of Communications at the Foundation? Well, I am a journalist, and I, I, uh, I'm not afraid to... Um uh, correct people when I I know they're making a mistake. Uh, when, uh, for example, uh, something is said that I know is uh, nonsense about the law. Ah, well, good. I'm very glad to hear that. You and I have that in common, Mr. Workman. Uh, I'm not afraid to um, keep everything as, as factual as possible. 
Oh, well, that should be a nice, refreshing change after talking to Mr. Pratt, and frankly, after talking to most pro-gun people I know. But hey, assuming that you stick to the facts and are logical and reasonable, you and I are going to get along just fine, Mr. Workman, just fine. Speaking of which, why don't we get along with it? I would love it if you could present to me the, I believe it's third regular argument I hear all the time from pro-gun guys like you. Well, these shootings uh, that we have seen have invariably happened in places where People have been disarmed either by uh, a, a posting by the property owner or by statutes, you know, a school, a college, uh, um, shopping malls, that sort of place. And those are pretty much target-rich environments for people who want to create mayhem when nobody can fight back. And please excuse the music. Now, when you say these shootings, I assume you're talking about the mass shootings where many people are killed all at one time, just like the one we saw in... Newtown, Connecticut. Ultimately, I think what you're getting at here, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that these mass shootings, these massacres, like the one in Connecticut, tend to take place in apparent gun-free zones. Now, I must say, Mr. Workman, this is an argument I've heard many, many times before, and it is an argument that every time I've heard it, I've thought it was, well, pretty much insane. And here's why. First of all, I've been to movies all over the country. My elementary school was in Kansas. I grew up in Kansas City. I went to school there for my first 18 years of life, then went to college in Indiana. I've been to a lot of these places where shootings have occurred. Not at, you know the exact places, but you know, very similar. These are not these are places where you don't think about guns, where you think you're going to be safe innately. Whether or not it's in a official gun-free zone, it seems completely irrelevant. I, frankly, I don't think that these gunmen had that in mind any more than drug abusers go to specific neighborhoods where they have drug watches. It just doesn't seem, doesn't make any sense to me. But also, these mass shootings, while incredibly tragic and while very different in the fact that a lot of people are murdered at once, they are not where the majority of our gun homicides take place. It's important to keep in mind here that in America, 268 people are shot every single day. Every single day. I mean, when you add that up for a year, you get 97,820 people are shot. And let me tell you, Mr. Workman, these shootings take place all over the country, in neighborhoods big and small, in cities huge and tiny, in Every place you can imagine. I mean, just in the past month and a half or so, I've personally reported on shootings in Walmart parking lots, hair salons, factories, schools, people's bedrooms. They happen everywhere. They happen in all states, all cities, all neighborhoods. So I'm going to have to go ahead and say that argument that you just made is wrong. Well, now, Mr. Workman, I've got to say, you know, you seem like a perfectly reasonable, nice, intelligent guy. I've got to say I had I had high hopes for you. You can't really believe because based on what you just said, it sounds like you're kind of saying what I've heard so many times before that because these were gun free zones, there was no one there with a gun who could have shot the gunman. Really? 
please tell me you're smarter than that. You can't really believe that had there been people with guns in this elementary school or in that movie theater in Aurora, that this would have had a better outcome. Please tell me you don't really believe that. Well, yeah, uh, and I've had this conversation with some other people uh, over the last few days, uh, as you might have guessed. <laughs> uh, inside of a, a, a dark theater where uh, apparently you set off a smoke bomb and a, a tear gas grenade. Yep. Uh, you've got uh, incredible chaos. Sure. Uh, people probably were screaming, uh, trying to get out, uh, tripping over each other. It was, uh, again, dark. Uh, and in the midst of that, you've got uh, muzzle flashes and muzzle blasts that can completely disorient uh, people, uh, probably worse than a uh, just a battlefield. Uh, it, it's not clear to me that anybody would have been able to get a decent shot at this guy to take him out. Uh, somebody who was close enough perhaps might have been able to... Uh, shoot him and distract him. I understand he was wearing some sort of body armor. Uh, probably wouldn't have uh, killed him, but it might have taken him off his feet long enough to distract him to get people out of there. Uh, you know, we don't know because it didn't happen. And until something like that does happen, uh, we can't really fairly analyze a thing like that. The, the Internet's been full of remarks from people that I call mall ninjas and keyboard commandos, the, the kind of chest-thumping sort of thing that, you know, I could have done this, I could have done that. Well... Oh, yeah, I have a name for those guys, too. I just call them stupid dipshits. N nobody really knows what, what one could have done in a situation like that. And uh, I've been near crime scenes when gunshots were going off, so I sort of reserve judgment on that sort of thing. Well, okay, I mean, I... I appreciate that you are acknowledging the fact that a lot of people who are on your side here are stupid and say stupid things and act stupidly. But at the same time, you know, you're saying we don't really know what the people could have done. We don't really know. Well, yes, we kind of do. I mean, back in Aurora, the guy had armor covering his entire body virtually. It was dark. We do know that, I mean, just as you said, if someone had shot him, it wouldn't have even killed him. You know, we know. We know that it would have been mass chaos. It would have been dark. It would have been impossible to get aim. It would have been pointless to shoot him. We know that it wouldn't have done anything. So more bullets flying through the air could do nothing but more harm, sir. And to be perfectly honest, this argument in and of itself is one that we've actually pretty much already covered back with Mr. Pratt. Uh, you know, the point of this segment we're doing is to present the five, maybe six arguments that all gun advocates advocates use. And as you can see, folks, we're already repeating ourselves. So thank you, Mr. Workman. I appreciate you taking the time to come out here and spat out nonsense, but we're going to move on. Those were two leaders of the gun movement. We had Larry Pratt from you know, whatever I said, and Dave Workman, the Director of Communications at the Second Amendment Foundation. Mr. Pratt was just a babbling idiot, and Mr. Workman, while more intelligent, didn't bring any legitimate argument to the table. So, you know, these are the people who will go on television, who show up after mass shootings, who are supposedly the spokesman for the NRA. Now, I know that Workman and Larry Pratt didn't technically represent the NRA, but that's really the mothership of all of these organizations. And what I've always found particularly interesting 
is the fact that when you hear from leaders like those two numbnuts or Charlton Heston or uh, Wayne LaPierre, they're, here's the bottom line. Their interest, they, what they want to do is sell guns, protect the gun industry, protect their product. That's what they care about, and that is all they care about. They don't give a crap about protecting anybody, not you, not me, not anybody, except for their bottom line. And so that should just be understood. But when you talk to real-life people, such as the 91% that was polled and said they wanted background checks, real people, including gun owners, they are rational. They are reasonable. For example, I've heard people call into radio shows who have things to say that make total sense. Marine, I heard a Marine, I think his name was Terry from Nebraska or something, he said his suggestion was that people should be allowed to conceal and carry a weapon, but if they want to do that, they should wear a bright orange holster or vest or something along those lines so that people know that you feel the need to carry a firearm. You feel so scared and so threatened that you need to carry a firearm. I think that's a reasonable, reasonable thing to say. Uh, there was another guy, I think, from Oklahoma who suggested that people should absolutely have to register, absolutely should have to have their guns licensed. Why wouldn't you? You have to license a car. You have to license all sorts of things. Why would, what would be, what is their objection to something like that? And I think these are great points. I have friends, you know, I didn't grow up hunting. I never grew up with a gun in the house. It never would have happened. Thank God. But I had friends close friends of mine growing up who loved to hunt, who I'll see, you know, they'll still be posting photos on Facebook of them with their dead ducks and turkeys with their shotguns and stuff like that. And I can't speak for them, but I'm confident if I were to get them on the phone right here, right now, they would be willing to admit that a background check is a reasonable thing to expect from someone trying to buy a weapon with which you can kill another human being. I don't think there's anything so absurd or that's so gonna, going to infringe on your freedom with that. I don't think there's anything about it that is threatening or unreasonable. And frankly, I don't think they would either because they're reasonable people. And there are reasonable people out there. And... Thank God for them. And I know people won't like this, but someone who I actually have a lot of respect for and think did an excellent job as our mayor was Michael Bloomberg. And he has been a very vocal advocate for gun control laws. You know, and he's taken a lot of heat for it, but I salute him for it. You know, I, soothing words are nice, but maybe it's time that the two people who want to be president of the United States stand up and tell us what they're going to do about it. Because this is obviously a problem across the country, and everybody always says, isn't it tragic? And, you know, we look for, was the guy, as you said, maybe re trying to recreate Batman. I mean, there's so many murders with guns every day. It's just got to stop. And instead of the, the two people, President Obama and Governor Romney, uh, talking in broad things about they want to make the world a better place, okay. Tell us how. And this is a real problem. No matter where you stand on the Second Amendment, no matter where you stand on guns, we have a right to hear from both of them concretely, not just in generalities, specifically. What are they going to do about guns? I can.
Well, the fact of the matter is nothing. Donald Trump has vowed to do absolutely nothing. It's it's I it makes me so angry and I just I can't even I've already said it. And so I'll just leave it at that. But here are some of the rational gun owners. And here's what they had to say on the topic. The, the problem isn't uh, with the rifles or any of that stuff. It's with the NRA blocking the fact that these people have access to magazines that hold 100 rounds. I'm a Marine, and I was in a gunfight on a daily basis, and I was restricted to 20 rounds. This is absolutely stupid that somebody could get a, uh, a rifle and have that many rounds. That's why we have those high casualty counts in these civilian encounters. It's insane. But my second point is, I don't want to restrict uh, gun ownership. I don't want to restrict carrying guns. I do want to restrict uh, concealed weapons. If you want to carry a gun, you carry it on the outside of your body, uh, outside of your clothing, uh, preferably on your chest with a blaze orange holster. That way, people know who's armed and who's not armed, and if they feel that insecure... Uh, to walk into a public place without carrying a gun, well, they need to tell everybody that that's the way they feel. And I'm absolutely convinced that if they were to pass those kinds of regulations, we'd be done. Okay, so that was a man named Terry from Omaha, a gun owner, a gun lover. And those two suggestions he made, I think, are absolutely, positively reasonable, logical, and rational, and I probably am willing to bet that he took a lot of crap for saying them from his more extreme gun-loving buddies. Because, frankly, saying that you would need to wear a vest or something signifying that you have a, a concealed weapon, or limiting the rounds people can buy. You know, we started this show by playing a clip from Rachel Maddow where she said that John F. Kennedy tried to pass a bill that would have made it illegal to import guns from uh, foreign countries. And he ended up being murdered. The bill didn't pass, and he ended up being murdered with a gun from a foreign country that would have been illegal had his bill passed. Well, let's talk about magazines. The shooter at Sandy Hook reloaded and, you know, jammed his gun and whatnot, but it's been reported and been tested that had he not been able to shoot so many bullets in such a short amount of time, he wouldn't possibly have been able to kill as many small children as he did. So these laws and these possible potential limitations would make a difference. Here's John, a gun owner from Boston. I'm a gun owner and a business person, uh, and I've been a strong advocate for the Second Amendment. Um, as it's been interpreted by the Supreme Court, uh, which said you can't ban guns, but you can have reasonable restrictions on how they are made and sold. And um, that Second Amendment has been interpreted by the NRA to mean that you can have unrestricted access to all guns, uh, even criminals and terrorists. And the dirty little secret as a gun owner who goes to a gun store and is happy to succumb to a background check, is that criminals and terrorists, even Hezbollah and Al-Qaeda, have been proven to go to the 33 states, including Michigan gun shows, where they can buy military-style assault weapons, cash and carry, without an ID or a background check. So 
if you want to reduce injuries and deaths without banning guns, you simply need to restore the federal ban on assault weapons. Between 1994 and 2004, when the ban was in effect, the federal assault weapon ban, there was a 66% reduction in those 19 weapons, including an AR-15 like Holmes used in Colorado, and high-capacity ammunition clips. Um, there was a 66% reduction in those guns showing up in crimes. Okay, so why can these guys, you know, these are gun owners. This is a, an NRA member, a business owner, a gun owner. How can they say these things? So if these are gun owners, if these are the people in the NRA, then how is the NRA able to threaten members of Congress and senators that if they vote against the NRA's interest, they will lose their seat? You know, what the hell is going on here? If those are the gun owners and those are the reasonable people on the other side of this debate then there should each, we should be able to sit down and come to some kind of agreement. I don't understand, and I think this is a huge problem in our country. I think this is, you know, Bill Maher likes to say that climate change is the most critical issue of our time because, and I understand why he thinks that. I, I, can, I agree to a, to a degree. However, I think this, this gun epidemic, and that's exactly what it is, this is a plague, I think this is the most pressing issue because while I think we need to do we need to take action to combat climate change absolutely no question that is something that is going to take time that is something that we can do incrementally this gun epidemic something needs to happen now we need to take action now thousands of people are being shot every month every year thousands of people are dying every year Climate change may explode our planet in a number of years, whoever knows how long, but people are being shot and killed today, they will be shot and killed tomorrow, and the following day, and so on and so forth. And so, something has to be done. Why wasn't something done, that father asked. I can't answer. Can you? Can you? Are, we, are people so obsessed with the Second Amendment that they can tell a father like that and they're thousands more where he came from, they can really look him in the eye and say, well, I'm sorry your son was shot and killed at age 19 or 20, but I just love the Second Amendment. That is not good enough. Because they don't want to limit your rights, but because they're afraid of the political consequences. Coming back to you, Will. Don't doubt for a minute that if they thought they could get away with it, they would ban guns ammunition. That was former Governor Sarah Palin speaking to the National Rifle Association last year. Here's Fox News host Glenn Beck on the same subject. He will slowly but surely take away your guns. And here's NRA Executive Vice President Wayne LaPierre speaking at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Bill Conference. Wilson. But it's a big, fat, stinking lie. Just like all the other lies that have come out of this corrupt administration. It's all part. Could you put this guy on the list of the top ten craziest people in politics? That's tough list to crack. Yeah, I know this looks like a big juicy ribeye to you, but show some restraint now and let facts speak for themselves. Any other tips? Try not to get distracted by his legs. Here we go. That's their agenda. And radio host Rush Limbaugh has repeatedly warned to his listeners to go out and buy guns before President Obama outlaws them all. The result? 
In November 2008, the month Mr. Obama was elected, there was a 42% spike in gun background checks as compared to the same month the year before. Stand by, G7, the country's G7, largest anti-gun lobby is called the Brady Campaign to Prevent Gun Violence, named for James Brady, President Reagan's press secretary, who was shot in the head during John Hinckley's assassination attempt on the 40th president. The Brady Organization gives grades to elected officials based on their record and leadership with regard to gun legislation, with an A being the most anti-gun, and so on. In spite of Governor Palin, Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh, and the director of the NRA telling us emphatically that Barack Obama has a secret plan to get our guns, here's the president's report card. Background checks, F. Gun trafficking, F. Guns in public, F. Federal assault weapons ban, F. Standing up to the gun lobby, F. Not only has no attempt whatsoever been made to dismantle the Second Amendment during Barack Obama's first two years in office, the president has signed into law more repeals of federal gun policies than George W. Bush did during his entire eight years in the White House. In fact, these grades would indicate that President Obama is the best friend the NRA has ever had in elected office, to say nothing of the Oval Office. Why are Sarah Palin, Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh, and the head of the NRA so colossally lying to you? I don't know. But I know when they do, ratings go up, political contributions go up, membership in the NRA goes up, the president's approval rating goes down, and gun sales go through the freaking roof. All right, that was a cut from the newsroom on HBO. Now, I will say, all of those facts, everything you heard was very accurate and totally legit at the time. Now, that was talking about President Obama in his very early days in office. In his second term especially... He tried to do something about this epidemic. He tried and he cared about it. I know that. And I, I, you know, I believe that. But nothing got accomplished. And I do mean nothing. After Sandy Hook, nothing after Orlando, nothing, 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 nothing. We've done nothing. And that's, that's just not good enough. Watch Bowling for Columbine. Watch Gunned Down. The, or Under the Gun a documentary by Katie Couric. Watch Gunfight on HBO. There are great documentaries on this subject. Don't let yourself just stand aside and not participate in the conversation because it's important and it will, you know, this is our country and it's embarrassing. I'm sorry, but it is embarrassing what we allow to happen here. And I think the only way to prevent it is to stand up and take some action and do something about it yourself. Because if you don't, nobody else will. Unfortunately, that's about all the time we have. Thanks so much for listening. This has been The Next Best Thing on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm your host, Jonathan B. Lerner, keeping you company every Monday night from 10 until midnight. Uh, Remember, friends, apathy is the enemy. Apathy is the enemy. For Radio Free Brooklyn, this is The Next Best Thing. I'm John Lerner. Good night. New York, New York, USA. J'ai vu New York, New York, USA.
is the next best thing. I'm John Lerner. Good night. New York, USA. J'ai vu New York, New York, USA.